Welcome to Row 2 Play Podcast. I am your game master, Kent Blue. We are an actual play podcast where I play tabletop role-playing games with my friends from all over the world. So if you're ready, grab a player sheet, grab some dice, and let's Row 2 Play. What's up, everyone? This week we are back from behind the screen, and I am joined by Kristen Devine. She was the coucher on Dr. Magnet Haynes and most recently the ox on Havoc Brigade. Kristen, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Ken. I'm so excited to be back. I'm excited to have you. And, you know, finally just get to kind of, you know, I talk to you on off the mics a lot, uh, but it's it's good to sit down and just have a chat with you kind of about your gaming experience and history and dice up games uh, just for the show. Yeah, I was really excited when you asked me to come on for this. I was getting a little jealous because you've talked to Tim quite often, so I'm glad to have the opportunity to, to chat with you. <laughs> well, this week we are kicking Tim to the curb as hard as we can and, <laughs> and talking to you. Awesome. <laughs> so... Um, yeah. Uh, oh, we have a thing to do. We do. You are going to oh, help yeah. me do our drawing for kids on bikes. Let's see. I'm actually going to let you. I will roll the dice. Oh, no, no. You're the guest. I'm going to let you roll the dice. We have, let me count, one, two, three, ten entries in this contest. So if you got a D, oh. do you have a D10 handy? I have a bag of dice here because I'm a nerd. So, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> one second. Fish out a D10 and... Okay, that might be... No, that's a D12. Hold on, I, I have one here. Okay, got it. All right. So, again, we're drawing four... Uh, well, four copies of Kids on Bikes. Uh, one of which is the deluxe copy and three standard edition copies. All very nice. All courtesy of Renegade Games. So, big thank you again to Renegade Games for providing these. Uh, I'm excited to, to give these out. So, what I'll do, we'll... We'll roll some dice. We'll get the winners. I'll reach out to, to the winners uh, via Twitter or however you entered and get your address and get that over to the fine folks at Renegade Games, and they will get the uh, the book out to you. We're going to do our, our three standard edition first, and then last we'll roll for our deluxe edition winner. Does that sound good to you, Kristen? That sounds great. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and give me a roll of that D10, and, and we'll get our first winner of a standard standard edition copy of Kids on Bikes. Okay, here we go. Number nine. Number nine. That is Mike Hollyoak uh, from Twitter. Uh, that, so I will reach out to you, Mike. You are a winner of one of our standard edition copies of it. Let me make note of the name here. This is such a great game. These people are really lucky. Yeah, uh, I really, really do enjoy Kids on Bikes quite a bit, as if you couldn't tell from the show as much as I've <laughs> talked about it and, and ran it a few times. <laughs> All right, go ahead and give us another row. Okay. Off the table. Oh, it was going to be number nine again. How funny. Okay. okay. Gonna re-roll. Four. Four, that is... Alex Tully, another entry from Twitter. We had most of our entries from Twitter, so we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. 
All right, Alex, I'll be reaching out to you to get your address to get it over to the to the Renegade folks. All right, and for our la- our last copy of the standard edition, uh, go ahead and roll that die, Kristen. Okay. Ten. Ten. All right, that is Kevin Lovecraft, also from Twitter. Awesome. Oh, Good job on the Twitter entries. I know. All right, and now for the deluxe edition copy of Kids on Bikes, go ahead and roll that one more time. You're going to have to edit in a drum roll, Kent. Oh, dang it, and now I have to. You know you know my rule. If it's mentioned, I have to do it. I won't do that to you again. Oh, my gosh, number nine again. That guy, first guy is really lucky. Okay, let me re-roll. Yep. Eight. Eight. That is Adam Vass, or Voss. Uh, also from Twitter. All right, so I will reach out to you, Mike, Alex, Kevin, and Adam on Twitter and get all of your, your addresses and get them sent over to the folks at Renegade Games, and, and they should be getting your, your games at, uh, and they should be getting your books out to you very quickly, I would say. I, from what I understand, they have them on hand and ready to go. Congratulations, guys. It's a great game. I know. Lots of fun. Uh, I, I backed the Kickstarter, so I know the books are going to be shipping out real soon. I'm very excited to get my copy as well. Uh, again, thank you, Renegade Games, for for, for offering up those great prizes. Uh, uh, just thank you so much, so much. And everybody, everybody who won and everybody who entered, be sure to go out and thank Renegade Games as well. All right. Well, with that out of the way, let's let's jump right into, I guess, talking about your uh, just you and your gaming history and anything. Uh, my gaming history. Um, so I have not been a tabletop gamer my whole life. Um, I was a video gamer from a young age. I was, you know, in the late 80s, the six year old in front of uh, the Nintendo playing Super Mario Brothers after, you know, having to blow the the cartridge out and trying to get the game to work. I don't know if you ever played that game, but... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I did that <laughs> a lot in Duck Hunt. So I was a video gamer in, until I actually met Tim, um, and Tim and I have been together for um, a little over 13 years. And he introduced me to role-playing games. Uh, I think Star Wars was the first game I played with him, and uh, then Dungeons & Dragons. Um, But it wasn't really until about two and a half years ago that we started playing some uh, some different games, and Tim started to write his own. Uh, Actually, I take that back. Tim has always written his own games, but we really had a group in California to play with finally, so we were able to take that game to the table and... And uh, yeah, we play almost every week now. So I went from just kind of being introduced to it and playing off and on um, for about ten years, and and then the last uh, the last few years, I've been lucky enough to play with pretty much the same group of people um, almost every week. That's so awesome. it's great. Yeah, that's awesome. That is something I don't have as a regular group of people that uh, you know locally. I don't have a regular group of around the table people to that that I play with. So I envy anybody who has that situation and, and you know has this group of people they move from game to game with. Yeah, it's been it's been really nice. We have a really patient group too. I, I probably have mentioned this to you before off the mic, but um, you know as we put our own homegrown game through different changes you know big changes little changes our group of friends have uh they've ported more characters than i can count so uh it's been it's been a blast actually it's been really fun well speaking of characters um was that star wars game your first one was that uh the west end game star wars game yes what do you remember your first character what anything (laughs) about them uh uh, i was 
a Twi'lek. I was a Twi'lek smuggler named Nikta. Um, and it's funny because that was the very first one I played uh, in God, in my first apartment with Tim. So it was like our second year together. And then we, we only played that for like a couple of months and then it died off. And when we started up with this group, we started with a Star Wars type game and I decided to um, bring her back. So we haven't played in a few months, but when we do play, I am still Nikta, the Twi'lek smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any like like really good like awesome moments that you remember of Nikta doing or anything like that that you want to share? So in my, when we first started playing, uh, it took me a while to get used to the rules. So I'm not sure that Nikta did anything really cool as much as me as the player was trying to kind of figure out, you know, how role playing worked and kind of get out of my own head. You know what I mean? And kind of loosen up and really be able to tell a story. Um, in our most recent games, She's done some cool stuff, but much like the Ox and Havoc Brigade, uh, our Star Wars game tends to be a little violent. So most of the stuff she does tends to be on the violent side. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you say that that title of that game way better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call it HB going forward. Yeah, yeah. I that way, neither that, of us have to try. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna have to do: save myself some editing uh, in the future. <laughs> so. What kind of like type themes are you into, like for role playing games or or systems or styles? What do you what do you find yourself gravitating towards? Yeah, so I haven't. So honestly, the the most of my exposure to different games has been like on has been on your show, um, Doctor Magnet Hands. Anything by Grant Howard, apparently, I'm I'm in love with. Um, so I guess lighter games. Um, games that are lighter in the rules, um, a little more on the silly side versus serious side is what is comfortable for me. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I prefer, but I will try pretty much any game with a few exceptions uh, in the like horror category. It's just not really my thing, but any other theme I'm definitely into, you know, sci-fi fantasy. I love all of it. Is that like influenced kind of like by what you enjoy like outside of gaming, like TV shows, books, movies, stuff like that? You know, I hadn't thought of it, but I guess so. I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I do. I don't get to read very, very often. Um, you know what that's like as a parent. I don't have a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when I do read, yeah, when I do read, I tend to read Star Wars books <laughs> um, and TV shows. Yeah, I guess they are pretty light. I like a lot of comedies, but. And this is true to, to when I play a fantasy role-playing game. Um, I also love shows like Vikings and Game of Thrones. So um, the real, like, intense shows, I'm a big fan of that of those as well. And that does translate when I play when I play games, too. Can I ask you the same question? Yeah. Um, Would you tell me what themes you like? Yeah. Um, so roles, what, what I like, in role-playing games, kind of rules-wise, I like light stuff. You know, obviously, I mean, with this show, I like light systems that the rules get out of the way of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but themes, I, I I like a lot of themes. Um, my biggest theme, one of my biggest things I like, though, is actually horror. Um I, I'm not a big fan of comedy. Uh, I don't. I don't typically go. Wa- I don't typically watch comedic movies or comedic TV shows a lot. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Comedy just it, it 
it doesn't interest me as much, which is weird considering the type of games that I run on my show and, and yeah. enjoy playing. But horror is really, I mean, if I'm sitting down to watch something at night, you know, if it's just me, if my wife's gone to bed, it, it's going to be a horror or like, or hard sci-fi movie. That's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. And you wouldn't, you're right. You wouldn't know it because you're hilarious. I listened to Daz on Mowers <laughs> and you guys, all of you were really funny, but I loved Larry. Yeah. I thought it was just such a good character. So for someone who doesn't like a lot of comedy, you're really, you're really good at it in gaming. Well, thank you. But yeah, uh, you know, some people, you're not the first to say that because a lot of people, you know, think just, I guess, because, because I'm also kind of a, just a goofball in life. So they, they, they think that I would like really enjoy comedy stuff. So it, you know, it's, it's, it's not the first I've heard of that. All right. So there's a question that I've, that, that I've wondered about you. Um, sure. I don't know that I know the answer. Um, but G- GMing or DMing or whatever, uh, have you ever? Uh, and is there even an interest there? Because I know there's, I, you know, I know a lot of people that that being behind the screen, uh, just on that end of the table, just doesn't interest them. They love mm-hmm. being a player. They would never even entertain the idea of being a GM. Is that you, or do you maybe think maybe one day you'd like to GM something? No. <laughs> so that is that is definitely me. Um, I there's something about being a player where you get to be part of creating the story. With, I mean, I guess sometimes I feel a little bit of pressure as a player, right? Because you want to make it fun, you want to interact with the group, you want to have a lot of synergy. <laughs> um, but for the most part, there's not a lot of pressure as far as the flow of the game. It's almost like the person who GMs is the one hosting the party and they have like a little bit more responsibility than everyone else to make sure it's a good time. That's how I look at it. And so I would be, I think a little too, a little too nervous. The one exception I've tossed around the idea of trying to GM, um, like a, I don't know if it's a hack, like a hack of everyone is John called everyone is Jane because it's, I've listened to a couple of actual plays and it seems like the GM gets to kind of be a player. And so that might take some of the the pressure off. But other than that, what you described, I like being a player and being behind the screen is a little bit intimidating for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, I, I think you're right about everyone is John that way. I, Cause whenever I, I first ran it for the show and, you know, I pitched it to the players as, you know, really it's, you all are in charge of the game and I just react to the the crazy shit that you all do. Yeah. So I think GMing that game is really just kind of like being a player is but it, because you're you're more reacting to to the stuff. I mean, the players are really in control of that game. Um mm-hmm. I mean, they're telling you what to do the entire time. So I think I think that's a good like first step into GMing. Yeah, it's like a gateway game yeah. <laughs> to GMing. Yeah. And see, I mean, well, I, I run a podcast where I where I GM a lot of games, so so me being a player is highly uncomfortable for me at times. Not always, really? you know. Like, well, beginning, I, I fall into it. Like dads on mowers, you know. I felt really comfortable mm-hmm. after a little bit of time being a player. Just, I don't know if it's just I like to have the control of, of GMing and knowing that I can turn the story when I need to, or or just have that control, but. I get real nervous being a player. Interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can I can understand that. I still get nervous sometimes, depending on the situation. I still get a little bit a little nervous. 
but it's good nerves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like a game I played recently, I was a player in, and I just I was lost because there was I don't know there were things I wanted to do, but being a normal GM, I didn't want to step on the toes of the the, the current GM. Mm-hmm. So I was really hesitant to really like put my character out there for fear that I was going to inadvertently take over, you know, that take over the game just if my GM tendencies came out. So there's a part of me that holds back as a player. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I, I feel that way too. Sometimes like I'm as a player, I'm trying to think about, well, what does the GM want us to do? Because I don't want to mess that up. Um, And it's only been, in recent, like the last several months where I think I just play more games or, you know, um, you and Tim both are the type of GM who it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of rules. Like you almost encourage the players taking the story in a different direction. So I feel like I have a little bit more freedom, but, uh, but yeah, I hear you. I I could get nervous about that too with a new GM. Yeah. Uh, I will say you're spot on a a read of, of my GMness is I I encourage players to to sidetrack my game. You know, if, well I don't outright encourage them, but I'm happy if <laughs> if my players take my game off the rails. Yeah, that's when I'm happiest is when when they swerve on me. So anybody listening, that if you ever sit down at a table with me, there's a little fun tidbit tidbit of knowledge. I, I will be a okay if you try to swerve the game on me. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yeah. I, I try to tell everybody, and I think I told you recently that that I I won't tell people no. Uh, and it's not that it's not a thing where I'm like don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I legitimately just don't want to tell people no if they have an yeah. idea. You know, I want to see how they make it work. Right, and it's part of creating the story. You know, together. Um, I think that some game. Uh, I, before I say this, I want to. I love D and D. Like obviously, it's a classic. You, it's it's D and D, of course. Um, but I've played, you know, in a few like campaigns on Roll Twenty, and you. I know sometimes gyms don't want to be sidetracked, but I also know that you're very limited. It it's a really fun game to play, but in a different way because you're limited. Whereas these other games that I sometimes prefer, I feel like you get to tell the story together as a group. And that's part of what's so awesome about getting around a table or around a computer <laughs> and playing together. Yeah. All right. So a couple of points there I want to come back to you, but the first is um, I'm definitely, you're definitely going to swerve this podcast because I want to talk about D and D because <laughs> uh, that you said you love D and D and everything. And it's just, I've played D and D uh, I haven't played fifth edition. So um, my mind's not completely made up. Fifth edition seems a lot more my speed of what I would like. Mm-hmm. At, at least the best version of D and D for me. But I have not once. I, I haven't really enjoyed D and D that I played it. You know, st- straight uh, s- fantasy D and D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting. I have only played. <laughs> I've only played fifth edition except for one game and. Oh, I think it, I can't remember what edition it was. The one that came out right before fifth, whoever's listening to this is going to know. And they're probably yelling at the podcast fourth to edition. tell me what it is. Fourth edition. Yeah. The, <laughs> so, the, uh, the, the fourth edition, which essentially was like a miniatures game from what I understand and have experienced okay. of it. Yeah. It's, it's heavily focused on combat and 
it very, I mean, just very combat driven, many spells, lots of, I mean, you have to almost, I mean, there's not much opportunity for theater of the mind stuff. Yeah. It, I played in just one game, game of fourth edition and I was a gnome and I was a mage or a wizard and I had pages and pages that I was trying to flip through to find spells and which spell I could do. And it's, they're long, in my experience, they're long games and you just kind of have to wait for your turn to come back around. And that's especially true in combat. And it just feels like sometimes you don't get to, to do that much. And so although it's a game that I have a lot of respect for and I do like, um, being a parent and working full time when I have, you know, precious me time, I'm probably going to play something different where I can have a little more interaction and a little more control over the story. Yeah. Yeah. I played Pathfinder, which recently, and I mean, kind of the same experience with that. I just, I mean, I even played, I played a, a halfling gunslinger because I thought it would be easy. I just have guns. I just shoot bullets. And no, it was mm-hmm. pages and pages of stuff and, I just wanted to do little halfling things. Also, you know, I, I want a system where I'm rewarded for making a suboptimal character. Because <laughs> yeah. that's that's just who I am. You know, I, I don't want to make an overpowered character. I want to play the one that, that, that fails. <laughs> and I just don't think D&D is built for supporting a character who consistently fails. No, it's not. <laughs> it's funny. So another thing that you said there was uh, uh, a minute ago was uh, you said gathering around the table or around the computer, um, which, I mean, I think, I don't know if I'll even go anywhere. Let's make it cut, but we'll see. Okay. Um, about how the internet and play online has really, have really opened up role-playing games to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play games online until... I mean, we played WoW, but I didn't play role-playing games online until just a couple of years ago um, when we were on Roll20 in a D&D campaign. And then we stopped. I stopped in that campaign. I think the group actually kind of fell apart. We played with one guy in Ireland, and I think his job changed, and we couldn't all get together anymore. Um, so I stopped playing that. But And then I didn't play online again until I played neuter games. But I think it's great because you and I get to play games together and we get to be friends and we're in different states. And that wouldn't happen if we weren't allowed to play online. So I, I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, obviously I do too. I, I, you know, all my games for my podcast that it's on the internet or played over the internet, but yeah, I mean, it's exactly that is I can connect with people. You know, I'm not just in my local game store playing with whoever happens to be there. I get to connect with people that I actually, you know, can, can, build friendships with and actually enjoy playing games with and not just settling for what's around or who's mm-hmm. around. I mean, so yeah, that's completely true. I mean, I mean, I think it's, it's obvious how much it's opened up role-playing games that, that role-playing games probably wouldn't be where it is if not for playing online and the internet just in general, which I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not breaking any news to anybody listening to this right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, I think that's completely true. I mean, we get to meet so many, so many new people and, and, you know, this is definitely a, the gaming community is not only a community that I want to be a part of because I love 
gaming, but I want my kids to, to be a part of it. And it's, you know, it's not a, I guess to me, it's not a huge community. And so to be able to have access to other people online is, is it just a huge benefit? It just changes the game. But you did, you did mention you want your kids to be in gaming. Um, so yeah. h- how much, how much, if any, and well, okay, I'm not going to say it because I know, because I'm friends with you guys. I know you do some gaming with, with, uh, <laughs> with your, with your kids, uh, your older mm-hmm. child. So, uh, what's that like? Um, like, because I've, I've played a little bit of no thank you evil with, with my oldest a little bit mm-hmm. and He's into it a little bit, but not so much. Uh, so, what's what? What has your your and Tim ex, Tim's experience been with with gaming with your kids? Um, so we're still a little young over here for no thank you evil. Connor will be five in August, um, and Kaylin's three months, so she's not interested in dice yet. Um, but we do play this little game that we basically designed. Um, that's just kind of a starter game to get. Connor to start counting dice and to start moving squares. Um, and then as he gets older, we can open it up, but we had to kind of shrink it down so that he could get a basic understanding of rules and start recognizing dice. And then we really encourage time he gets to hit something with, okay, what does that look like? And then he can, you know, describe it. Um, and we can get, and you'll appreciate this because you have, I know, younger kids too, but we can probably get 20 to 30 fo- focused minutes on that. Yeah. Um, and then, then he's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's about the extent of gaming right now. But we're, you know, it's, I didn't play a lot of games growing up. So it's something I really want to do with my kids. And I think that he, that he enjoys it. And he's like math skills because he's counting dice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's definitely good. Uh, you can educate and have fun. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Eli. Eli. He. He. He really. Like I said, he enjoyed No Thank You Evil. Um, I just haven't had a chance. At, you know, it's a game I want to run on the show. I'm waiting for Liam to get a little bit older. Older that way, I can have him come in as well and play in it. Oh, cool. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think we played with Eli when he was five. I think's when we played our game of No Thank You Evil. Oh, okay. We'll have to give it. We'll have to give it a shot. We have it. It's on our shelf. We just uh, wanted to introduce Connor to something a, a little, I mean, it's not a complicated game, but again, when we started this with him, he was just four. Yeah. So he was still, he's a little young for it, but it sounds like if, if Eli started at five, maybe we can get Connor into No Thank You Evil in just a few months. That's exciting. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think that's a good age for it. The, the, the scenarios in it, which I mean, you guys will probably write your own scenarios and have fun <laughs> with them. Uh, but the scenarios in there are definitely fun that, that we went through. Cool. Did you write your own? No. Since you like the GM? Not yet. I haven't. Um, okay. I don't, you know, I don't have much experience writing uh, stuff like that. So <laughs> I can, it's, I, I think, I think I told Tim exactly. I, I'm, I'm not great at like coherent writing. You know, I can plan out a scenario and stuff in my head all out, yeah. you know, all day long. Uh, but when it comes time to write it down, I'm one of those people that they say, uh, oh, the saying's like perfect gets in the way of fi- of finishing or something because so, mm-hmm. I really want it to be perfect the first time around. So I focus too much on not making mistakes instead of just writing it down and then yeah. working on it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, since we're talking about, about game design and, and writing your own scenarios, let's talk a little bit about Dice Up Games and, um, you know, kind of, I mean, I talked with Tim about 
you know where that started up and everything but but um, I kind of want to get your perspective on it um, and and how you come to dice up games and and, and uh, your part in it sure yeah um, so uh, Tim's definitely more of the creative mind behind it than I am I mean I definitely partner with him on it but um, he I think has he's had the need to write games longer than I have. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, ever since I met him every year, 18 months, he would just basically get this need to write a game or to write a story. And he just couldn't really do anything else until he got it out of his head. Um, and so he would do that. He would write games and such, but we didn't have a group of people to, to play with a lot of the time. So he would just write all this content and then basically scrap it because it wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, and then two things happened right around the same time. One, we were having this, um, big get together with friends at our house. Um, it was a Viking themed celebration. We really liked themed parties. (laughs) It was a Viking themed celebration and we wanted a game to play and we couldn't, you know, very easily find the type of like Viking party game we were looking for. And so Tim had this uh, idea for like the bones of a Viking party game. And we came up with all the content together and he like printed it out and just cut out pieces of paper and we played the game. Um, And it was a lot of fun and it turned out really well. And we thought, well, maybe this could be something. And around the same time we started role playing with this group um, and it seemed like D and D was going to be a little heavy. And so Tim again, sat down and wrote an outline of what is now dice up RPG and kind of pitched it to the group. And it was a lot of fun. And so we went from there. And so both things were kind of happening at the same time. And we had no plans at the time to do anything with dice up RPG. We were just going to play it with this group of people. We were kind of focused this party game that we created and then um time went by we did a ton of research and listened to every podcast you know we could get our hands on about the industry and we decided it wasn't the best time to move forward with with the party game but um it's kind of funny because we actually ended up uh partnering with garfield games um to use the dice up rpg mechanics for uh north sea epilogues so it turned out a little different than we thought so far but it's been it's been really fun it's been really hard and really fun all at the same time for the past like two years (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm really really excited about uh north sea epilogues uh just um just seeing seeing both your names on on the cover whenever they released uh, (laughs) whenever they released the cover artwork was just so i mean i imagine it was way cooler for you all but it was still really cool for me you know to see it just just because the friendship that that i've developed with you all so yeah yeah it's great um so you know the kickstarter comes out later this year um you know we're not 100 percent sure where it's gonna go but we maintain with with dice up games we maintain that we just want to play hack and design games and if it never goes any because we get to play with our friends and with you know one day with our kids we get to meet new friends like you or like doug shoot so it's it's already working out it's been great well that's 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 really awesome just uh that the perspective on it and 
and to have you know a game that that I, I you know the North the North Sea games is is a very popular uh, property. So so I expect it to go very well for you all. Yeah, that's it's a very popular property, like you said. So it's it's very exciting. It's still for me, kind of in I'm a little kind of in disbelief still a little bit. Um, Tim and I jokingly say he's the creative director and I'm the managing director of, of Dice Up. And so I am very logical. So I have, I don't think I let myself get too excited about things <laughs> too often. I stay, I try to stay logical and on track because uh, Tim's pretty creative and I have to kind of rein him in sometimes. Like, nope, you can't create a new game. We got enough. <laughs> we got enough on the table. <laughs> Okay, so um, as we kind of wind, wind down this talk uh, a little bit, um, normally whenever I do from behind the screens, I like to I like to talk a little bit about, well, not strictly non-game stuff, but uh, things that you're interested in, maybe maybe even games that you're looking forward to coming out, um, and then maybe we'll we'll do that first. We can talk about some games that that are kind of on our radar that we want to play or, or are really interested in. Do you have anything? I mean, role playing games that you're interested in or you know, would like to check out that you know are coming out or even something that's been out for a while that is maybe just new to you? I was going to say, I don't think I have a great pulse on what's coming out. Um, so I'm excited to hear what um, what you're looking forward to. But other than Kids on Bikes, that I really want to play. I haven't had a chance to yet. Um, All Out of Bubblegum, which I know is not new, but I just really want to play <laughs> that game. Um, and then even though we talked about it earlier, I just have to say again, I have listened to so many, um, actual plays of everyone is John and I have so many different spins on it. Like one shot did everyone is the Joker. Um, she's a super geek just did everyone is Prince John. And I don't know what my obsession is with that game, but I just really want to play it and I haven't had a chance. So, um, yeah, everyone is Prince John was very good. <laughs> It was. I, I love the spin of the Pixies because I know the original game, there's um, there's some mental illness, I yeah. believe, in the original. Um, and so I like some of the spins that I've heard on it where it's more um, paranormal or like the Pixies. I just think that lightens the game and allows everyone to have, a, I don't want to say more fun, but have fun in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I run it, I run it as demons. Uh, have it, yes. have it, at John. Just, I mean, it's, it's like I said, you know, mental. I mean, mental illness, and specifically, I guess schizophrenia, which is, which is, you know, everyone's John's voices in his mm-hmm. head. So it, it's a real thing, and right. I'm not comfortable making light of of someone's real life problems. So. Right, and I think we can all just you know agree that demons are you know whether real or not are fun. So, absolutely, why not use demons? <laughs> and and they and they bring in an element of supernatural that 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 you can add to the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I liked when you did that on yours. Uh, the everyone is John. I think was the first one you did, but I know it's the first one I listened to of Rule to Play, and I really enjoyed that. Yep, those definitely. episodes. It was definitely, yeah, it was my first episode. It was, it was my launch and yeah, I definitely, uh, I don't, I don't know what I was going to say there. Uh, lots, lots of, lots of, lots of, uh, crotch jokes in that one. (laughs) And that's what I, that's what I opened up with to everybody. That's that's how you set the bar. (laughs) Yep. What, um, what games are you looking forward to playing that are coming out so that I can add to my list? Well, you know, I really okay. A game I've known about forever, but misunderstood what it was is Paranoia, 
And until huh. one, until one shot just recently ran it, I had no idea that it was like a satire game, like a like a more of a comedic game. Even though, uh, even though I knew Grant Howitt from when I talked to him, I knew he had something to do with the with the newest edition of it. I'd never pieced it together that that was a comedic game. So now that wow. one, it, I know that it's a comedic game, and two, Grant Howitt had something to do with it. I, I'm really mm-hmm. itching, yeah, really itching to get Paranoia and play it. Yeah, speaking of Grant Howitt, does I just love everything he does. Isn't he coming out with a new game? Uh, Spire is out. Spire. Yeah, it oh, is, it is out. Okay, yeah, uh, about a month. It's been out. See, I told you I don't have a good full set. <laughs> I'm gonna add that to my list too. Just, just because I know nothing about it except he created it or has a hand in it, and so therefore I want to play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to pick it up. Uh, I bought the PDF. I'm hoping to get the hard copy at Gen Con. Awesome. Um, let me see. Let me see if there's any other games I know about that that have interested me. Um, I'm really excited about Starcrossed, which is coming out, which is um, you know Jenga with uh, you know, but kind of about relationships even though i don't Mm -hmm. know that i have anybody that would play it with me and that's kind of a game i mean because it uses the 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 tumbling block tower uh it is more of a game you need to play with somebody at a table even though there is uh, a hack for playing it online uh out there yes i have heard a couple actual plays of that as well so that i should add that to my list too that sounds like a really good game and that's already out correct uh the kickstarter wrapped up i think you can still pre-order it now but no it's not out yet it's, it's coming out should be soon though from bully pulpit uh okay. alex roberts was a designer on it yeah i've i've heard her um i've heard her run it a couple of times and it just it's it sounds really interesting yeah um that's really it that i can think of uh that you know that are really on my radar of games that i really want to get in the near future and play that's a good list. Yeah. So, all right, let's step outside of games. Uh, if you have any just recommendations, any, I mean, I know for, because I'm in the same boat parenting, it's not that we discover new things very often that we can enjoy movies, books, or I mean, anything, any kind of recommendation you have. I'll start off on this one. Uh, okay. You know, now I just have to remember stuff that, that I've talked about before. I did just watch a movie the other night uh, on Hulu called I Kill Giants. Which, oh, I seen it. You know, I like giants. Uh, I don't know that I've ever talked about it on the show, but one of my favorite things in the world is are giants. I don't know. There's just something about really big creatures that I enjoy. Uh, and this this is about it's about a girl who uh, I'm not going to spoil a lot. There's some stuff, but she she protects her town. Well, she says she protects her town from giants. She goes out, mm-hmm. sets up traps. Uh, she has like weapons. She has trouble at school with people because of this whole thing. Uh, she's definitely eccentric, um, but there is a deeper layer to it all. But it was it was really quite good. Oh, and you said it's on Hulu. Uh, yeah, I think that's where I watched it. Zoe Saldana is in it. Uh, she plays at, like a counselor. Oh, I like her. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check it out in all my free time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been watching the second season of Westworld, which uh, is really good. I don't have to build that show up too much. I, you know, if it's if it's if that type of thing interests you, you've probably already watched more than of it than I have. So. Yeah, I watched season one, and I haven't I haven't had a chance to get back into it, but it's a really good show. Yeah, 
yeah, I think that's. I mean, I've got. I've, I've, I think that's about it. I've got books I want to read, but <laughs> it's, it's you know when you when I have the podcast, I'm expected to learn games. Most of my reading is reserved for that. Yeah, same here. Same here. Um, so yeah, so I don't have any book any book recommendations. And like I mentioned earlier, if I do have a free moment, which in all honesty, Tim and I, we try to go away um, once a year on our anniversary, just the two of us, which with the new baby, we probably won't do this year. But that is usually when I read. Like that's my one time a year (laughs) (laughs) that I can finish a book. And it's usually a Star Wars book. Um, Have you seen the show Barry on HBO? I don't think so. I don't even know that I've heard of that. Oh, I can't remember the actor's name. But Barry, uh, it's about a, uh, he's a hitman, um, but he joins an improv group and finds out that he kind of wants to be an actor. (laughs) (laughs) But he still has to be a hitman because he's kind of, you know, in that life now. So um, you would recognize the actor. I can't remember his name. But um, that's a pretty good show that just finished up season one. And then, what else am I watching? Oh, uh, I just finished watching Timeless. Oh, I want to watch that because which I, I believe was. Yeah. Yeah, so many people talk about that. Uh, Emily Kerboss is is like really into that show, and yeah, I think it just got canceled officially. It I know. Did. I know there was a big campaign to try to renew it, but I think that they, they, they canceled it. So now everybody's trying to, to get, you know, Netflix or someone to pick it up. Or maybe a movie. I mean, that's, I mean, look at Firefly after how long and how much fans, you know, really wanted it. We got Serenity. Um, so hopefully there'll be a timeless movie if Netflix or, you know, Hulu don't pick it up or, you know, network, but, um, just because it's canceled doesn't mean people shouldn't watch it. I think it's a good uh, a good show, and it's two seasons, so there's a good amount of episodes. But yeah, you should definitely check it out, Ken, when you get a chance. Well, uh, sad for everyone else, good for me. The fact that it got canceled means that I know there's a finite number of them that I have to yes. watch. So, so it immediately becomes way more appealing to me. Yes. Right, you said anything over three seasons, right? You normally yeah. won't get into this. is only two. Yeah. So... You so can that, watch it. That's perfect. That's perfect. Now, uh, without spoiling, but does it does does it wrap up at the end of the second season or or so, like have have kind of an ending? I guess because that you know they weren't sure if they were going to make it or not. But I mean, I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a cliffhanger, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I can't say much else without okay. spoiling it. I it doesn't gotcha. feel like a tight tight wrap. Like they knew it was coming. Okay, so did you watch Heroes? I didn't. Okay, well, crap. Because Heroes Season 4, they set up a giant cliffhanger because they clearly didn't know their show was about to be canceled. Yeah. I actually think some people listening might say this was a giant cliffhanger. Um, I just think it was a regular size cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I never saw Heroes. But it's okay. it's over three seasons, so like if I was following your rule, I guess I can't start it now. No, well... <laughs> heroes you should only watch the first season anyways so okay (laughs) (laughs) all right well um you know i think we've said all i have to say uh it's been just a lovely lovely talk with you i'm going to get you back on just to chat again we'll we'll get into other subjects and everything yeah it's been great thank you so much for having me on it's nice to talk about gaming with someone else who's you know who's really into it 
Yeah. It's been great. And I'm definitely going to talk to you off the mics about uh, a possible Everyone is Jane game. So, Yay! Oh, good. I'm excited. All right. So, um, well, d- where can people find you if you want to be found online? <laughs> um, you can find Dice Up Games on Facebook, um, Twitter, at Dice Up Games, um, or our website is diceupgames.com. Uh, and then we also, I say we, Tim and I, are also um, in a podcast called Wait, Wait, Don't Roll Me with a bunch of our friends that I've talked about throughout this whole conversation. And we do uh, actual play um, as well. And um, yeah, there's some fun stuff on there, including a couple of hacks of lasers and feelings that, that Tim and I designed that we play. So if people want to check that out for something else to listen to in addition to roll to play wait wait don't roll me is is a i think it's a pretty cool podcast yep we have crossed over with them i guess that was the dr magnet hands episode and and have a great hp yeah hp ohb (laughs) and there is talk of a future crossover as well so yes we hope so yeah, we will definitely get it to work out. That's it for this episode. Thanks for all right. listening. So, Visit with all that said, uh, going to wrap this So, I'm just going to say, everybody get out there, have fun. Go check like us out on Facebook at Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Row2PlayPod. Have a question or comment? Email us at Row2PlayPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to play with a game with us, just hit us up on any of our social media and let us know. And lastly, our music is the intro track from the Spellbreaker EP by Tritachion. Visit soundcloud.com slash Tritachion.